It's the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, live from Methuen Community Studios. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Talk with Harrison Chase on Merrimack Valley Public Radio, coming to you live from Methuen Community Studios. If you have a take or comment, feel free to call in by dialing 978 301 6877. That's 978 301 6877. To start off uh, the second season of the show, I'm now joined uh, by Bruins public address announcer Jake Zimmer. Jake, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, I. Harrison, you're lucky to have uh, a new Massachusetts resident on the line, too. You're my first appearance as a Boston resident. So wow, that's pretty good. Chopping uh, it up for some hockey talk and whatever else you want to chat about today. Nice. I, I appreciate it. Well, welcome to Massachusetts. I know, you know, it's not like it's your first time uh, to Mass, but, you know, well, welcome to Mass. Hey, you know, I... I I think this is my license to start going to Dunkin' Donuts every single day and honking my horn aggressively at folks. So it's uh, I'm embracing this Massachusetts life for sure. But but seriously, it is it is great to be much closer to the city. Um, you know, coming up from Rhode Island, of course, that that got to be a little bit of a drag sometimes. Uh, you know, timing it out uh, with the with the nasty Rhode Island traffic uh, coming up here as well. So it's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, I, I, I bet. And so, you know, going into that, you're talking about that drive coming in from uh, Rhode Island. First of all, we uh, I have a lot of uh, Bryant University listeners uh, today. You know, I told a lot of people that I was I was having the former Bryant grad on the show. So, you know, welcome a, a former Bulldog on the show. Um, you know, so, you know, anyways... You talk about coming up from Rhode Island. Obviously, you're the you know you're the you've been doing uh, the Bruins public address announce uh, for the for a few years now. Uh, you know, tell me what that's been like. Well, this has been great, and I, I personally can't say enough about how fun this season has been. Right? I think aside from what, what everybody knows that's even remotely connected to the team was not the way this year wanted to end. I mean, this was. Uh, a fantastic record-setting year in all ways and, and shapes and forms, right? I mean, I, I was tallying it up. I think I've done one regulation loss before the playoffs uh, as a public address announcer. So that was just wow. crazy to have that happen in year one. Um, you know, what a, what a phenomenal product that this team put on all year. I mean, they uh, – they it felt like every time that they, that they went down, uh, even just – even for long extended periods of time down by two, three goals, potentially, you never really had a doubt for most games that the Bruins would come away and win. So uh, phenomenal in that regard to see how far the team has come from even last year. Um, you know, and it's uh, can't say enough good things about how the season went. Obviously everybody would like to, to have the last couple of games back. You see what Florida is doing to Toronto now and you, sort of are at more peace with the fact that you might have run into a buzzsaw in the Florida Panthers. But, uh, you know, overall, what a special year full of a lot of special moments. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people talk about the fact of, um, you know, the Bruins making all these, um, you know, breaking records, making history, you know, one of the one of the famous lines this season um, that they have as like a, uh, a highlight reel, if you will, of Jake uh, of Jack Edwards is, you know, you're watching history. And, 
we were. We were watching history unfold before our eyes. And, you know, one of one of the biggest, I don't know, Would you, I guess this, I'll form this as, in a question for you. Would you say winning the President's Trophy could be one of the biggest jinx in sports? <laughs> so, you know, been in this business for uh, eight years, and I was a firm believer of the commentator's curse, right? Like, the rule is never jinx and no hitter. I started off uh, my student worker days calling Bryant baseball on NEC front row. And, you know, I, I supposedly jinxed a couple of things. It's like, you know, as a play-by-play person, you never – comment on how fast the game is going potentially because of course next thing you know it's going to just be the longest game right. in history and you don't say the no hitter rule right and it's the same sort of deal on you know now the game presentation side you know your odds are any public address announcer is probably talking to the, the folks in the control room or wherever else is calling the shots and you know you, you don't say the o word you don't say overtime right but 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 i don't know i mean this poses a rather daunting question are teams going to, you know, try to intentionally not win uh, the league at that point? You know, I, I just don't – I can't say that any team would try to avoid the President's Cup, right? They're pros. Right. They're, uh, you know, they're trying to win every game in front of them. And for the Bruins, that was no exception. You know, everybody uh, gave some criticism of how the last few weeks of the season went down, right? You know, in hindsight, of course, is 2020. So do you play Bergeron again? You know, do you – do you go, quote-unquote, to the wall as opposed to, you know, bringing up some prospects or whatnot? Well, of course that decision's easy to make now, right, right. having knowing what you do. But, you know, I, I just simply don't think any team would have acted any differently than how the Bruins did down the stretch, and you, you can't really blame them for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess getting into it, diving into it a little bit, the, you know, the Bruins were up. Uh, they went up 3-1, right? So they were up 3-1, uh, you know, heading into Game 5. All they needed to do was win. And they made the decision to bring back Patrice Bergeron. And they were doing fine without Patrice Bergeron. And then, uh, you know, furthermore, they lost Game 5, and then they brought back David Krejci in Game 6 and Game 7. And they still, I mean, they went 0-3 bringing Patrice Bergeron back and 0-2 bringing David Krejci back. Do you think it was necessary bringing those guys back and starting with Patrice Bergeron in Game 5? Or, you know, would have you rather just, you know, like to see the Bruins, you know, not do that and stick with the guys that they had playing in Game 5 and try to wrap it up there and give those guys more rest heading into the second round? Yeah, this is a, a really tough scenario. And again, you know, this is sort of that hindsight is twenty twenty. Of course, you know, knowing how you played out, would you rather not bring your captain back potentially so he doesn't have to sort of bear the weight on his shoulders, you know, well, that's a thought, right? And this, of course, speaking strictly as a fan perspective here, um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm going to go back to, I, I think it just sounds like there were other issues, right? It sounds like uh, Florida, well, first of all, you know, I'll answer that question with, I don't think this was a problem of bringing Krejci and Bergeron back. I think this was, um, you know, at, running into Florida at the worst possible time to get them, right? You know, people sort of wrote off the Florida Panthers. I think everybody that was even remotely connected to the Boston Bruins had sort of looked over the first round and said, okay, you know, you get either Tampa or Toronto, and then you you probably have to play Carolina or somebody else uh, coming out of the other side of the Eastern Conference bracket. 
everybody wrote off the Florida Panthers. Every right. single person. And this is a team that they, they're they good. They won the President's Cup last year, as we just discussed. Um, and not only, Jake, saw, and sorry to interrupt, but I would say the Panthers were the one team that actually got to the Bruins during the regular season. Like, they were the one team that could beat them. Not the yeah, one team, but, so. I, I you know, had the number on them. Without the numbers in front of me, I think they may have been the only team that had a four-game split with the Bruins this year because the the Bees took uh, one in October and they took one in December, both at home. Uh, and then the away games were both losses uh, at the Florida Panthers. So, so yeah, this is a team that I, I would say they – it's not like they were walking into some foreign opponent that they'd never played before. This is a team that knew how to beat the Bruins more than once last year. And, you know, you give the playoff stage to a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who I really think is the best American-born hockey player uh, active right now. Um, you know, you saw the list they got from adding a guy like Sam Bennett back to the lineup. And, you know, Nick Cousins just sort of there as the left wing facilitating. You know, they, they stood out. And they attacked the Bruins in ways that they, I, I don't think, were necessarily ready for, right? The forecheck was just excellent for Florida. Um, I love the way their defenders play because they don't really defend. They score goals, right? And a lot of people don't like that. A lot of hockey traditionalists say, well, you need those big, brawny defensemen that are 6'5", and, you know, can, uh, you know they've got a 50 or 100 pounds on their uh, on the guys they're defending and they'll check you until the cows come home but you know Florida proved that you have a couple of offensive weapons on your defensive line that's a scary team right now and look what happened to Brandon Montour a couple of legacy games against the Bruins I'd argue a couple of weeks ago he was just excellent Montour magic it was unbelievable yeah absolutely I'll throw um I'll I'll throw one you know one more difficult uh, question at you, or at least I think difficult question. Um, when it comes to the goalie situation between Lena Selmark and Jeremy Swayman, and now you know after the season finding out that you know Lena Selmark was battling um, mobility problems, uh, if you will, you know after losing Game Two at the at the Garden, you know what have you started? Uh, Jeremy Swayman and net for that game three and you know furthermore to extend that question I'll give you a part two to the question is after Linus Elmark you know left I believe it was game four uh because of the the 10 minute misconduct um you know what have you you know at that point they brought Jeremy Swayman in for the final two minutes Jeremy Swayman had to deal with a six on four which obviously isn't easy by any means you know, at that point, I would say that the momentum kind of switched to Jeremy Swayman, and he would have had great momentum heading into Game 5. It's not like he hadn't played. He played those final two minutes, had that momentum, shut them down in a 6-on-4 scenario. Um, you know, and then furthermore, what have you brought him in for Game 5 instead of waiting until literally Game 7, putting him in that tough situation? Yeah, it's really tough to say, and I it's a good problem to have in the regular season that you have two really good goalies. I think everybody's head was this year, Swayman's going to be the one, Olmark's going to be the two. They'll figure it out. Obviously, that didn't shake out that way. Um, with the Vezina caliber regular season that Linus Olmark put together, I think that's something that you can't write off. I think it sounds like, and you know, we'll have to wait – hear Jim Montgomery's logic uh, later this week, you know, after 
after they've uh, had some time to mull it, I think the Bruins uh, coaches are going to meet with the media sometime this week just to discuss, uh, you know, the future and what happened in the playoffs and things like that. But, you know, I, I think Jim Montgomery wants that back, right? I think yep. it's no secret that he uh, would have done a lot differently. You know, they, I, I, I get why he was asked the question the other night of, well, hey, what did you have done differently? And he, he only answered with, well, I probably wouldn't have broken up Bergeron and Marchand, which, you know, that, a lot of people took that as, wow, that's the only thing you you would have done differently, the, right. all the things that you think you could have. But I think that's just, you know, it's uh, it's it's a product of the confusion and the disappointment and probably anger at the end of that game. Right. Because there's no way he was in the right state of mind to answer that question. So, right. You know, I, I think that's something he'll probably say this week. He'll probably come back and say, well, yeah, you know, I probably should have thrown Swayman in. And I think the logical fan would probably agree with that. Right. You've got a goalie that, you know, let's get real. This is not a, an opinion or perspective. It's uh, he wasn't himself. He didn't right. look like the Vezina goalie we saw all the regular season. He let in a couple stinkers, right? And it happens. Um, but, you know, you, when you have another goalie on the bench, it's sort of hard to – it's hard to to break up what you've done during the regular season all year, right? And, and that's what the coaching staff thought they needed to do, right? And obviously, you know, they'll be the first to tell you that it wasn't. And they probably wish they had Swayman in game four or game five. But, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how the coaching staff reacts to that this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, what were some of your uh, favorite memories from this season? You know, as a, as a fan, as, you know, as, as announcing the games, what were, you know, what, what were some of your favorite, favorite uh, you know, memories? Well, this was a really historic year, Harrison, and we we celebrated three guys that have left a, a monumental impact on the Bruins, right? I mean, we sent Bergeron, um, or excuse me, we sent Zdeno Chara off in October with a, a great retirement ceremony, and I was lucky enough to able to voice that at TD Garden. Um, you know, uh, Patrice Bergeron racking up a thousand points. That's always going to be a very, very special day for me. Uh, Bergeron's one of my favorite Bruins of all time. I think the, the way that he conducts himself is, uh, it's incredible. I mean, the guy is a a total superhero. So to, to get to voice over a guy that means so much to Boston, uh, a guy that means so much to the Bruins, um, and to, to hear the way the fans reacted too. You know, it was just incredible. I also selfishly will say December 17th, uh, which was the ceremony, of course, was a great day for me personally because uh, that was the first time my – basically my whole family was in the crowd. So that was nice. a pretty good uh, – that was a pretty special moment there. And then David Krejci as well, sending him off with his his thousandth game ceremony back in February. I mean, those are three special moments that are, are going to live on forever and certainly rack up on the Mount Rushmore of, of my now uh, – eight years of public address announcing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess, you know, just to, uh, you know, to, to wrap it up and, um, you know, where do the, where do the Bruins go from now? Or, or go from here rather, you know, a lot of, a lot of talk about, you know, the, the salary and the cap and, you know, they're going to have, there's no way they can keep everybody. And, and, you know, what do they do? Are, are they able to keep, Lena Selmark and Jeremy Swayman together, do they have to split them up? Do they have to choose one of them? 
you know, what do they do? Does, you know, do you think Bergeron stays? Do you think Krejci stays? You know, where do, where the Bruins, you know, where do you think the Bruins will be starting their 2023-2024 season? I'll tell you what, if I had an answer to that, I think an NHL team should hire me right now to, to be their general manager. But Might I, be a but good I point, yeah. That. yeah. I will make make no mistake, I, I'm not advocating to for a job like that. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's a real tough situation that I don't even think it's fair to start speculating what they do, right? I mean, the one thing that we do know is they have a predicament on their hands, right? And that's not yeah. earth-shattering news. It's how do you build this team in a cap friendly way? Right. Because now you right. have Pasternak making another $5 million. You have uh, a key decision to be made with, well, of the three guys you, you acquired at the deadline this year, do you bring any of them back? You probably only have space for one. If you do it, uh, it seems like Bertuzzi just from reading Twitter and other Bruins material is, is going to be the guy that, at least the fans want prioritized in some of the media. Uh, but, you know, what What happens from there? I think once they once they figure out who actually is coming back, like, you know, hey, is Bergeron coming back? Is Krejci coming back? It's going to get a little easier. And that's why I think a lot of people appreciate Bergeron saying, you know, hey, I, I haven't made my decision, but Don's going to know before free agency. So that way, you right. know, the team's going to be at least not screwed if he does decide to hang it up. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, right? Yep. I think one thing for sure, Cam Neely's gone on record, uh, and he said this many times, and he's he's said very clearly, you know, the Bruins don't rebuild, right? They they right. do not. Or we're not going to go through any rebuilding years. We're not going to put the fans through that. He's said that to the fans multiple times. So, so it's going to be interesting to see where they shake out. I mean, you look at this past year, though, Harrison, and I, I think a lot of folks had said, well, you know, the Bruins are going to be lucky if they get into the playoffs, right? With the injuries to start the year, Marchand wasn't healthy. McAvoy wasn't healthy. Grizzlick just barely started the year on time. Uh, there were a lot of questions on if Bergeron's groin issues were going to flare up again, right? And then look what they did. They were the best NHL regular season team of all time. So it's right. It's so tough uh, to, to figure out what exactly, you know, their strategy is going to be, but but they've got some work to do, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me real quick before I before you take off. Um, what's your prediction on the Celtics? Oh man, so I I slacked off on the NBA knowledge uh, this year. You know, I, I was able to catch one Celtics game, and you know, the NBA is a, a league that I don't follow a ton of believe it or not um i think the celtics are going to get it done and i think they have the juice to go to the nba finals i'm worried that they're going to run into a hot 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 los angeles lakers team i think the lakers are going to do it again i think lebron's going to take another one home um but you know if missoula hangs or if missoula hoists the trophy uh in mid-june i would not be surprised i think this is a celtics team that you know they've got a lot of juice they've got a lot of uh, a lot of talent and, you know, it's just a question of how, uh, when are Brown and Tatum going to consistently string together those, you know, five, six games that really put them over the hump and do it together, right? right. I think that's the, that's the predicament here. So, all right. Home. All right, Jake. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Harrison. We'll talk soon. You've been listening to The Sports Talk with Harrison Chase, only on MCS, Methuen Community Studios.